because now I feel like the more time that passes, the older I get living here, uh-huh. sometimes the harder it is to connect with with Brazil as quickly as I as I used to. Because yeah. I used to like like I said, just like roll up and be like, I'm back. Yeah. I'm here. I'm hella Brazilian. <laughs> now, now I'm, I think I'm kind of like a fully formed person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's harder to kind of like maybe dissolve into that culture. Like it's, it's not as, as easy as it used to be. New York, I know you Yeah. Every morning that I wake hey, up, uh, human beings out there, um, welcome to episode two of La Mescla. Thank you so much for listening to episode one and for giving your feedback for those of you that did. Uh, it really means a lot. This is a new project and I'm figuring it out as I go uh, and it means a lot that um, people listen to it. Our guest today is Chloe Judy Fogel. Uh, Chloe is a Brazilian-American filmmaker, writer, director, actor, uh, improviser. She is the uh, definition of the New York multi-hyphenate artist. Chloe and I talked about uh, growing up on the West Coast, uh, what it was like reconciling the Jewish side of her family with the Brazilian side of her family, uh, talking about uh, the culture shock of moving to New York from the West Coast, uh, and uh, about bringing herself to her work. Um, it was a really great conversation, and I hope you enjoy it. The bike is muted, so we have to start over. Um, hey, Chloe. Where, hi, Adrian. Where are you from? <laughs> um, I'm from the San Francisco Bay Area. Um, moved around a little bit within those uh, parameters, but I, I started living in San Francisco proper, in, like right in the heart of the city. I was born there. Um, and when I was about 11, we moved to the suburbs. Mm. So we moved to a, a town called Redwood City which is now known as, like, kind of the heart of Silicon Valley, but back then it wasn't. Oh, interesting. Um, it's kind of like... So it's next to Palo Alto, which is where okay. Stanford is. I and recognize that name. You know that name. <laughs> Everyone knows that name yeah. now. And Redwood City has become, in the past five years, like, the most saturated tech place, like, in the Bay Area. Wow. It's insane. Like So in the time you've been gone, it's become... That. Yeah, because I've been gone for eight years, so... When I go back, every time I go back, I'm like, what is this building? What are, who are all these people that I've never seen in my life? Like I'm used to going into like Safeway, which is like our version of like a food town or whatever. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, Like we have Fairway here. Fairway. It's like our version of Fairway, Safeway. Uh, I'm used to going to Safeway and being like, I know half the people in the supermarket. Whereas now I'm like, I have never seen any of these people because of the insane population growth that's, that's been happening. Wow. So, but it was a great place to grow up. I mean, I lived there till I was 18 and it was, uh, had a great, had great schools, public schools and private schools. Awesome. Did you go um, to public school? I went to public, I went to private elementary school okay. in San Francisco because that's kind of like. What was it called? I always love the names of private schools. The San Francisco school. Wow. <laughs> like wow. that's how, that's how like pretentious <laughs> it was. It was like, we are the San Francisco school. I mean, and I'm saying pretentious, but it was an incredible experience. I loved it. There was like 19 kids in my class. Whoa. Um, it was like one of those like Montessori situations. Got it. Got um, it. And I had an amazing, I mean, we learned 
like we had music class and singing class and art and it was so much about the arts and that's awesome. I, I don't know I don't know a ton about San Francisco or the Bay Area. What what were the demographics like at a school um, like that? At a, at a school like that, it was a lot of like wealthier um I mean, I want to say it was, like, pretty white, but it I, it wasn't really that white. Like, it was a lot of, like, interesting international um, families. Like, okay. I remember one of my good friends, her dad was, like, a photographer for National Geographic. and Whoa. like And, like, just, just, like, people like that. I and follow I, so many Nat Geo photographers <laughs> on Instagram. It's insane. Yeah. Well, what's, what's not to like? <laughs> yeah. Um, so, anyway, it was, it was a really cool dynamic, like, just... Every, everyone's parents had really interesting jobs and um, it was definitely a cool place to go to school but it was expensive as can I swear on this podcast absolutely it was expensive as fuck nobody's fuck. gonna listen to this <laughs> <laughs> well I am um, it was so expensive and so and now I have a, I have a younger sister so when my younger sister started my parents were like we're not paying 50 grand for our kids to go to private uh, school yeah I'm a younger sibling too so there's a lot of <laughs> there's a lot of like uh, we fucked up the first time <laughs> around are, so. you, are you one of two I'm one of two I'm one the younger two. okay yeah. how, how many years older is yours she my sister is four years older okay so her. similar I mean my I'm three years older than my, than got my sister it. got it but yeah they were like uh <laughs> I was in fourth grade and Luana was my sister uh-huh. was in was in first and they were like we gotta do public school because we can't afford this anymore which is part of the reason why we moved because the public school system in San Francisco is awful. Is it trash? It's trash. Wow. And um, I mean, I, I'm sure it's gotten better since, but uh, the public school system in the peninsula, like outside of the city, is a lot better. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that that's part of the reason why we moved. My dad was also working at Microsoft at the time, okay. which is a Silicon Valley company yeah. that was based in Mountain View, which is another big tech, tech company. So we ended up moving out of the city, which I was so pissed about at the time because I loved growing up in the city. It yeah. was awesome. I mean, it of was course. like... I, I, I'm from the suburbs of New York, and I was always jealous of city kids. Exactly. Where are you from? I'm from Westchester. Westchester, okay. Yeah. Yeah, I think we moved to like the kind of the equivalent of Westchester. Like, Got like it. imagine growing up in like the East Village, and then you like moved to Westchester. Oh, I would have hated <laughs> that's that. That's kind of what happened. Wow. And, um, I mean, after like maybe a year in the suburbs, mm-hmm. I fell in love with it. I mean, I, I think I was just lucky to to be in good schools and have good friends and I was super active like, soccer and um like musical theater and that kind of stuff and so I always That's had awesome. like yeah that was a night it was like it took a second but it was like a nice transition but at the time like, leaving the city was like no <laughs> yeah I can imagine so we haven't mentioned yet that you're Brazilian oh yes That's uh, why I'm here. so are both parents Brazilian or just one no of them? so my mom uh, my mom's Brazilian she was raised in um, a city called Goiânia, which is in Goiás, which is central Brazil. Okay. Um, you've heard of Brasilia, which is the capital. Of course. So Goiânia is like an hour outside of Brasilia, an hour and a half. Awesome. Um, and when did she come here? She moved to the U.S. in the late 80s. She was um, about my age now, so I'm 25. I think she was 23 or 24. Isn't that crazy? Moved. I know. I'm like, she's like, I miss you. Like, you're so far away. I'm like, Mom, you... Moved literally, yeah, <laughs> like across. My mom moved to New York, uh, moved to America when she was twenty by herself. Which, yeah, which is crazy. Well, there's a whole first husband situation oh, that I won't get yeah. into now. <laughs> uh, but uh, I always think about that. How nuts it is that when she was younger than me, she came here. She was here, like pretty much alone. And yeah, and so she, my mom's the youngest of seven. My mom's the young uh, second youngest of six. Is your your mom's the Peruvian one? Yes. So Catholic, I'm I'm assuming. Yes, but she kind of doesn't give a shit. Oh, the the yeah. general aura is Catholicism, though. Right, but 
But I, I feel like the South American families that have like a bajillion kids are yes. like Catholic. Big time. Big <laughs> so time. My mom's youngest of seven and she had an older sister who had moved out to San Francisco and my mom went to go visit her. Oh. Um, and they have this carnival in San Francisco, which is like yeah. a replica of the Rio, the big Rio carnival that happens in Brazil. Yeah, tell um, because uh, a lot of I'm hoping that a lot of my white friends are going to listen to this podcast. So yeah. tell us what uh, Carnaval is. Carnaval is a big party. You've probably seen the pretty ladies in bikinis and feathers, like dancing and shaking their butts around. That comes from Carnaval, which mm-hmm. is basically a celebration of. I mean, I wish I knew more of the history of it. I don't, but sure, it's yeah. just a, it's just a big celebration that happens every February, um, and and there's um, big bands called Samba Schools. They participate. Everyone has, like, a float, and they play their music. Um, and then they have, like, dancing people, and they parade through the streets of Rio for two Ugh. weeks and drink and party. And Sounds so fun. It, I've, I've never been to the one in, in Brazil, but it's do you go, dream to go. Do you go. go back to Brazil at all? Yeah, so we go to Brazil... Um, Every so when I was growing up, we we used to go every other summer. Uh-huh. So for the because my mom's a teacher, so she would right she could take off. You know, we would leave mid June and come back mid August or end of August. So I guess two and a half months we would spend. Um, so I spent most of my summers there growing That's up. That's really nice. Yeah, and I mean I missed a lot of the like American summer like summer experiences. Yeah, like I didn't go to camp a lot. I'd argue few things would be a Brazilian summer. <laughs> I think you're right. I think you're right. Um, and we so we would spend. Yeah, we would spend two and a half, three months there at a time, and um, with living with my grandmother or my aunt, and um, I have so many cousins. Again, back to the seven siblings thing. Yeah, so many cousins, and uh, we would travel within the country, and and honestly, just like live there. And even if we were just like sat in my grandma's apartment for three weeks, we oh, just like the best. eat and watch novellas. That's great. So do, <laughs> <laughs> the novella thing is real. Yeah. <laughs> that is really real. Um, so uh, you did you grow up speaking Portuguese? So yeah, so my mom, so interestingly, my mom uh, would always speak to me in Portuguese, and my dad learned Portuguese when they met. Oh, cool. Um, is your dad American? My dad grew up in New York. He's a New York Jew. Okay, cool. Um, which is a whole other element that I'm kind of excited to yeah, get we'll into. Yeah, we'll get into that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like yeah. a whole thing. But my dad's a New York Jew who grew up in New York, grew up in Brooklyn, um, went to school in the Bronx, and then went to Cornell. Okay. And then after that, traveled a bit, and then ended up in San Francisco. So back to that that story, my mom went to San Francisco to visit her sister, met my dad. Uh-huh. All that happened, and then they ended up getting married and staying in San Francisco. Wow. So when I was born, I had um, an aunt who was, that aunt who was living out there. My aunt and my mom would speak to me in Portuguese, and my dad would speak to me in English. Mm. And I learned like a weird Portinglese, like a Portuguese-English yeah. thing. Um, and <laughs> I mean, my, my parents say that I there was a time where I wasn't speaking a lot of English at all. I was just kind of speaking in Portuguese Um but I imagine it was like a nice little mix of things. And then when yeah. I went to school, then the English kind of took yeah, over. That's, I have the exact same yeah, you deal. Uh, well, I actually, uh, my so my dad was uh, very, very white. Um, <laughs> yeah. But he was raised, like his elementary school years, he lived in Spain. So he spoke fluent oh, Spanish. So Spanish is good. So I grew up... Um, uh, I grew up only speaking Spanish in the house, but then you start, mm. as I'm sure you can relate, uh, you start going to an American school. Yeah. Everybody speaks English, and you want to be like everybody else. So, uh, does so your I, did your brother? Do you feel like your sister. brother or your sister? Sorry, yeah. your sister spoke more 
Spanish than you. Absolutely. Still feel it now. Yeah. She still speaks better Spanish than I do. That's the same situation with my sister because by the time my sister was born, I was three and I was going to school and I, or preschool, I guess, and speaking a lot of Spanish. Yeah. And I think we were just naturally speaking more, more, did I say Spanish? You said I meant Spanish. English. I'm so confused. <laughs> um, I was naturally speaking more, more English and, um, and I think in the house, we there was just more English going on. Going yeah. on. So she, her Portuguese is like different than mine because interesting. Her, she just learned it differently. Yeah. I was like speaking when I was like out of the womb, and I think she was more speaking English out of the womb. So and it affects the way we speak now. Like right. she has maybe a little more of an accent. Maybe there's certain vocabulary words that I know that she doesn't. Yeah. I mean she's still fluent, but you can tell that the that our our Portuguese is different. I think it's because of that That's her, so that she was the younger one. Yeah. Um, and it's interesting that you had the same experience. Yeah. That's yeah. why I it's have this podcast weird. now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but so, where was I? Well, we were sort of, we're still in school years. School years. Uh, so when you, I'm actually, I'm very curious, when you switched from a small private school to what I'm assuming was a larger public school. Larger public. School, uh, but did, in the suburbs, so it was but, whiter. But in the suburbs. Oh, interesting. Yeah. So it was a lot whiter. So did you find yourself sort of... Um, going more towards your Brazilianness or further away from I think it? further away, to mm. be honest. Um, you know what's funny is I, re- I remember people being more surprised that I was Brazilian mm. when I moved to public school. They were like, whoa, what? <laughs> like, never met one of you before. Ugh. Whereas in, in the city, in SF, like, I think there were, I was around Brazilians more, so it wasn't really like... Right. I remember meeting a Brazilian when I went when I moved to the suburbs and being like, whoa, we are the only two Brazilians, like with probably within like a hundred miles of where we <laughs> yeah. are right now. Yeah. No, not a hundred miles. But like, I remember it was, it was such a bigger deal when, when we would run into them. Yeah. Cause in San Francisco, obviously my mom's community, um, was filled with Brazilians. Mm-hmm. And then when we moved outside of there, there were practically none. Wow. So I feel like just because of that, also I think because I was getting older and I was getting much more like, I mean, I was a preteen at that point. So I was like, I'm American. Yeah, and like, I, I did the, do girl stuff. I did the exact same thing minus <laughs> really? the girl stuff. Uh, uh, I think those years, like preteen and teenage years yeah. are the times you most want to be like everybody else yes. and to assimilate. And I like actively did not try to think about South yeah. America at all. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't remember, like, rejecting it, per se, but I, I, was, I wasn't, like, in no way as proud of it as yeah. I am now, or yeah. even when I was in high school. Can you think of any weird experience? I want to hear of, because I think you hit on something with the, um, oh, I've never met one of you before, <laughs> that kind of surprise that yeah. especially kids can give yeah. to you, because I've gotten the same thing. Can you right. think of any stories like that? Oh, gosh, no. I mean... No, I mean, I think it just has to do with maybe the way I interact with my my parents, my mom, mm-hmm. because I feel like for like a maybe 10, like solid 10 years, I didn't speak Portuguese to her at all. Yeah. Like I would just respond in English. That's it. Uh-huh. And even if she would talk to me in Portuguese, I would respond in English. And it wasn't until like I was maybe in high school where I was like, wow, it's so cool that I get to like talk to my mom in a different language yeah. that now I try to do it more. Yeah. I. Do the exact same thing. thing. It's a weird, uh, there's some transition point. I don't know if, uh, I'm sure some sociologist has written about this, but there's some point where you stop thinking you're like a freak and and you start being proud of it. So excited about it. Yeah. And of course, like I, just despite all that, like we would be back in Brazil in the summers and Mm -hmm. then I would go like full Brazilian. Yeah. 
It's like the second you st- I step off the airplane and I'm in my grandma's house and she has like rice and beans and I'm like then I get like a little bit tanner. I'm like, oh, I'm super Brazilian. Yeah. Do you do you feel? Uh, when was the last time you went? Uh, I was there in July. Okay. Do you when you're there? Do you feel like super at home? Yes, but but I'm interested <clears throat> to hear your experience because now I feel like the more time that passes, the older I get living here, uh-huh. sometimes the harder it is to connect with, with Brazil as quickly as I, as I used to. Cause yeah. I used to like, like I said, just like roll up and be like, I'm back. Yeah. I'm here. I'm hella Brazilian. <laughs> <laughs> and now, now I'm, I think I'm kind of like a fully formed person. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's harder to kind of like maybe dissolve into that culture. Like it's, it's not as, as easy as it used to be. Yeah. Uh, and I, yeah, of course, like things happen in that country that I am so far removed from, like, especially now. Yeah. Especially in the last few years. Interesting that we're talking today because this morning, Lula, who was our president for 12 years, got arrested. Mm. He's in jail now, which is insane. Like, he yeah. was president when I was growing up. Well, Kuczynski in Peru just got impeached. So there's sh- <laughs> all kinds of shit going on in South America. <laughs> yeah. But to be like, wait, what's going on in this country that I spend half my life in? Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, it's it's harder to be, like, to participate in those conversations. And it's yeah. harder to... I mean, I wouldn't have participated in, the, in them when I was, like, 12. But, but, like, pop culture references, like music and TV and movies and stuff, I'm always, like feeling like I have to catch up. I agree. Um, do you do you follow, like, movies and TV and music and stuff? Not a ton. Uh, not as much as I... Mm-hmm. I was about to say not as much as I should, but I'm not sure that we should do we should. anything. <laughs> no. Uh, but I, I do... I, I think I can really empathize with that. There's a little bit of guilt that follows you around yeah. all the time of yeah. not being quite as connected as you feel like you should be to that right. culture that's, like, your heritage. Yeah, it's weird. And yeah. it's like all your cousins are, like let's listen to this, let's sing this. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't know. I do remember that song from four years ago, though. And yeah. they're like, oh, Chloe, you're so behind. Yeah. I mean, I have the added insecurity of not quite being able to uh, hang language-wise all the time. Oh, when my I'm God. There. So real. Yeah. That is so real. And sometimes they talk so fast and, like, mm-hmm. in a way, like, with, like, all these, like, slang terms where I'm like, I, like, I, I lost you. You lost me. Yeah. The, the slang is such a real thing because yeah. I think American people... Uh, often I was talking to uh, Alex Nader about yeah. this. Uh, often lump in all, not even just all South Americans, but all uh, Latin people together as yeah. one monolith. Yeah. When in reality, like even not even every country has different dialects. Like every region of every country has different slang, and people don't. Yeah. I don't think people quite understand. That. Even within Brazil, yeah. Like if you're from the north versus the south versus whatever, like people make fun of. I know people from Rio and Sao Paulo like that live here in New York that make fun of me because not because of my Americanisms, but because of my Goyasisms, like the <laughs> things that I say that are like, wow, you're from, you're so from Goiania. Oh, that's great. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that funny? Like yeah. it's just, it, it gets smaller and smaller in terms of the scope of, of slang and things like that. So yeah, I totally yeah. feel that. Um, Cool. So you're so, yeah. so you're in a public high school. Uh, maybe mm-hmm. let's let's just go chronologically. Yeah. So so high school was kind of when my when things change in, in terms of the, the diversity thing that I was exposed to. Like uh-huh. there was it was definitely more of a diverse school. Mm-hmm. Um, I started and I also got really serious about taking Spanish class when I was in high school. Okay. Um, because my my Spanish was good. Um, 
and I had taken class, like, Spanish class, like, in elementary yeah. school. I feel like there's always been this thing that's been a little unfair in my head, because I have one of my best friends from home, from, uh, from Westchester, is yeah. Brazilian, too. Yes. Uh, Shout out to all the Brazilians in Westchester, there are so many A of you. ton, a ton. <laughs> um, a surprising amount of Peruvians, too. Yeah. Uh, but I've always been a little jealous because I feel like for uh, Brazilians, it's really easy to learn Spanish. So easy. And for Spanish speakers, it's a little harder to learn Portuguese. I know. It's so strange, right? Yeah. And, yeah, I remember taking, like, a Spanish class, like, in fourth grade and, like, on the second day, me being like, oh, my God, I know exactly everything easy. that yeah. they're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I got super serious about it. In high school, I took AP Spanish for native speakers when I was a sophomore. Hell, yeah. So I was in a, in a room with a bunch of Mexicans. <laughs> And I love them and they are amazing and they are, and, but I had, I found myself being like, what are you saying? Like, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. And at this uh, point in time, uh, cause you said you're in the suburbs, are yeah. you, uh, what's your circle like? Is your friend group mostly white? Yeah. Pretty white. Um, there was a couple, um, I'm trying to think of like my best, best friends. Most of them are white. There's one, um, Puerto Rican, Indonesian, oh, Okay. <laughs> Puerto Rican, Indonesian cool. and one Haitian, um, half, half Haitian, half British. Uh, but for the most part, it was, it was mostly white. Gotcha. Um, and, and if, and the school was diverse. I remember there was a lot of, there's a lot of Polynesians. Um, there was a, a there was a pretty big black student population, but I'd say the majority was, um, split between white and, and Latino and, uh, and yeah, and high school was interesting. I mean, I remember my, my biggest memory is going back to Brazil the summer after my sophomore year. Mm-hmm. And that's when I um, got had my first Brazilian like love. Oh. Yeah. Like uh, I had a, we had. I mean, when you're there in the summer, <laughs> come I on. I know. It was like a summer fling, but it like kind of lasted longer than that. But he was like a, fa- a friend of the families that I had known since I was, I was younger. Oh, wow. And we like both. And we like got back and I, and we like kind of looked at each other and we were like, oh, we're like adults now. <laughs> I guarantee you, um, and I'm assuming you have told this story to white people, I guarantee yeah. you the next time you tell this story to a white person, they'll say something like, that sounds like a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, they're like, oh my God, you're a hot Brazilian like, guy. Do you get from that a, a lot? Movie. Because Brazil has that kind of stereotype of like everyone there is fucking all the time. Oh my God. And. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, but no, that wasn't my experience. I mean, I, I was I was very shy and um, kind of a dork, and he was just like a dear friend yeah. of ours, and and is is a dear friend still. But um, that's my biggest memory of like we were. It was this like very passionate like. Sh- it was. I mean, I was only in Brazil for like five weeks or something yeah. that summer. Um, but I remember feeling like so tied to the culture and the language mm. and my experience there because of him and because of that whole experience and feeling like so, so sad to leave Yeah, and being very grateful that I had that experience. Oh, I and, would be too. I'm jealous yeah. of that. I, I well, it, cause truly every culture has a different conception of love and yeah. a different conception of attraction and attractiveness. Mm. Uh, and one of the things I've known, I've never had a love story in Peru. Yeah. Um, but I, I think if I had had that, it would be a real moment of connection with that culture. Oh, 100%. That's a really deep connection to a culture that I don't think I've ever had. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I mean, I guess I never really thought about it that way. 
I remember he would like send me music and like I was like super up on the like romantic music of that of that year yeah. because like he would show me things and like uh, teach me about stuff and I was like I guess it was kind of my first experience like it being in touch with the culture from the people that were my age. Yeah. Um, I think that's a huge deal. Yeah. I don't think I've ever quite had that because um, the cousins that I do have that are around my age, uh, I haven't gotten the chance to spend as much time really? with when I'm there. Yeah. Um, but I think that's a really, really big deal. Totally. And my cousins are a lot older than me because mm. my mom's the youngest of seven. So all the cousins are... Right. They're adults. They're, they're, and they were adults. And so to like have this connection with this person who was my age um and he would like show show me tv shows and show me music and yeah. I, I was like oh this is what my life would be like if i if i lived here yeah um and it was a very cool thing and i i think that was kind of a turning point in terms of my um how lucky i felt to to be connected to to the country and and it's kind of like just built from there oh that's awesome yeah that's so cool one of the things i've noticed too uh, that I don't think I thought about when I was younger, especially high school years, since we're still sort of there. Yeah. Um, is dancing. Oh my uh, god. Dancing in South American culture is like shaking hands. Are you a good dancer? I I hold my own. I'm not amazing. <laughs> I'm awful. Okay. <laughs> well, still uh, speaking strictly like culturally. Yeah. Um, like when you think of because school dances growing up yeah. in a suburb of a city in yeah. America are this pressurized thing where everybody's nervous and the boys and the girls are separated and everybody's sort of whispering to each other but in I can only speak for Peru but in Peru it's like dancing with someone is like saying hi to them yeah uh, which uh, I think is a really interesting difference they're a lot more comfortable with each other at a younger age yeah almost to a dangerous point like I think there is some over sexualization (laughs) going on like I remember like my 12 year old cousins like making out me being like oh my god they're babies (laughs) that's not okay is that the same in Peru uh I haven't uh I the thing is I never spent uh the longest I think I lived in Peru I think I maybe spent a summer there Uh when I was younger but I didn't spend consistent summers like you did yeah um so I don't know that I can give as complete of an answer to that. Right. Um, but I just remember uh, being a little bit confused at, like, school events, why everybody would be so uptight about right. everything. Yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah, I think just socially, uh, uh, men and women are more comfortable with each other. Yeah. Especially when they're younger. Sure. Uh, there isn't, like, this weird thing of, like, leave room for Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, there was a, in America. Yeah. Um, and I, sometimes I think that those, that's a good thing, and sometimes I think it's a little dangerous. Right. I mean, I remember being, not to, like, get real dark, but I remember being, like, verbally assaulted when I was, like, 13 years old or 14 years old in Brazil, and Mm. I was seen as, like, an object of desire at at an age where I had never been seen like that in in, in the U.S., and how real and, like, scary that was. Yeah. And I, I think that's maybe a con of this, like... This this whole sex aspect of Brazil, yeah. um, and and yeah, so th- I think you're right. That's like such a it's such a big difference. Um, and a lot of people don't consider that kind of thing. Um, I I think Alex and I spoke about something similar where. Uh, when you let people, when you let white people in America know, uh, oh, I'm Brazilian, yeah. they respond with like, that's amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're the coolest person ever. Yeah. And I always have this little twinge of like, well, it's not like, it's not all roses there. Not at all. Oh, uh, God, no. Yeah. I mean, the main thing I get 
I don't know what you get with Prue, but I, I may. Well, I get I, nothing because I, I look like a <laughs> frat boy, <laughs> like yeah. a white frat boy. <laughs> I have to actively tell people that I'm South American. I do too, though. Yeah. Um, but when I do tell people, interestingly, they're like, oh, you don't look. You don't look Brazilian. I never would have guessed. Mm. I can see it. You can? I can see it for sure. Well, thank you. Yeah. And and I think but I think what, what, what some people would be surprised by is Brazilians in general are a very diverse group. Mm-hmm. Um, and my, my grandmother has blue eyes and, and blonde hair. And that it's super common to walk around in Brazil and for everyone to look a little bit different. Yeah. Um, and I think people would be surprised by that. Um but that being said, I do look like my dad, who is the New York Jew. <laughs> so when I, and also in the wintertime, yeah. my skin's like, what? <laughs> well, so talk about, uh, let's talk a little bit more about your dad's influence. Okay. Um, yeah, so my dad's a sarcastic New York New York Jew. Um, <laughs> grew up in New York. and uh, But my dad is, is super into other cultures. He lived in Italy for a while. Cool. He He's fluent in Italian. He speaks a lot of Spanish. And he was a musician. And that's that's how they met, actually. My mom, my dad was playing... Did I mention this? No. My dad was playing in the samba school at Carnival. Oh, my... Your dad's awesome. <laughs> my dad's a boss. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he was playing percussion. Um, and he played a lot of Latin music, salsa. Um, he's a percussionist. And and she, he was playing in this, in, this, in this band and loved Brazilian music and loved Brazilian people. And then my mom and him met at that party at the at the carnival in San Francisco. So he already had like, he already knew the influence of Brazil and knew yeah. a little bit about, a little bit about the culture. So when I was growing up, he was super supportive of that, and and I think never once felt I felt like I was like, oh God, like I need to find out more about my dad's side because yeah. I like give all my attention to my mom's side or whatever. Because yeah, yeah, yeah. he he was super supportive of that and loved it as well. I mean, he came to Brazil with us all the time. That's awesome. And, um, he loves the country, but yeah, my dad's Jewish. I mean, he wasn't really practicing, but we would celebrate Hanukkah and Passover. Okay, cool. Um, his, his parents are divorced and, or were divorced. And my grandfather passed away when I was pretty young. Mm. So I, I I didn't really have a relationship with him, but I have a, a good relationship with my grandmother, his mom, who lives in California now. Um, and yeah, that was a very typical American upbringing. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, we we would go to her house for holidays, and she'd cook us some. She'd make us a rum cake, and like, <laughs> I don't know what's what's American, but yeah, that that side. I don't know. I think that's so interesting because <laughs> yeah. uh, when you, especially, I think especially with mixed people, uh, we're really uh, excited and animated to talk about the non-American mm-hmm. side of our family, and then when you ask us about the American side, it's like, like uh, I don't even know what it is. Normal. Like, I don't. I I don't. I personally don't have a conception of what being American. I don't is. think I do either. And like, besides this stereotypical like oh we would like driving trucks and like listen to country music yeah but we both we both grew up in cities yeah it's like a completely different thing super different so yeah you're right i mean i think it's harder to latch on to an identity that feels very undefinable like it's it's not very i can't be like oh this is a traditional thing that we did yeah um because it wasn't really yeah um but also my that side of the family is a lot smaller significantly smaller and they were also just like there all the time so I it never felt like a big deal to be like we're going to Brazil to visit everybody right it was just like yeah grandma's coming yeah cool grandma's here um so yeah I mean I don't really identify as like a Jewish person like I 
I, I, I am of the Jewish blood, mm. but we never, <laughs> but we never like, I didn't, I didn't get mitzvahed. Yeah. <clears throat> I went to a lot of mitzvahs, but I never got, got mitzvahed. Um, and your mom didn't push the uh, Catholicism. Not at all. Yeah. Um, we went sort of halfway. Yeah. I, well, 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 both sides of my family were Catholic, but both of my parents kind of didn't care that much. But yeah. I, I like went to uh, like CCD on Wednesdays after school for a Is while. Is that like a confirmation thing? Uh, it's like kind of like Sunday school, but in the okay. middle of the week. Yeah, I don't yeah. Know. Uh, so I did that and like we kind of went to church. Uh, and then at a certain point, my mom was like, oh, fuck it. Let's yeah. not do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. I think my mom is a religious person, but she never, she's a spiritual person, but mm. she never... We never went to church or anything. Yeah. My grandmother, my aunt, um, always used to give me rosaries. <laughs> That's real. So I'm like, thank you. That is real. <laughs> and my sweet grandma will like fall asleep to my grandma. My mom's side will fall yeah. asleep to like mass on television every night. <laughs> um, they're super, they're super religious. Yeah. I mean, we my not. grandma, I think to this day is upset that I was never confirmed. Yeah. That's weird. Ever even baptized. Yeah. Oh, I was baptized, but okay. I was never confirmed. Um, wait, I have a funny, like, so I, I met this girl, like, a couple days ago, um, her name's Maya, and we were talking, and I was like, she was like, oh, like, she was also Peruvian, and her, her, I was like, her dad is Peruvian, and her mom is Jewish, and I was like, oh my god, like, I'm Latin and Jewish too, and she was like, oh, you have (laughs) Meshuganismo. What is that? I mean, I know the, I know the word Meshugana. Meshugana, and then, like, combined with. Like, put Ismo at the end to make it Latin. <laughs> and I was like, oh my god, Michiganismo, that's so good. That is kind of an awesome superpower. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I always said I was Jusilian, but Michiganismo is good, too. Those are both um, good. Yeah. <laughs> I also know someone who's a Jewish Cuban, and he calls himself a Jubin. That's awesome. Yeah. If you were Jewish, you'd be a Perjew. A Perjew is pretty... That's, like, right out there for the day. <laughs> Perjuvian. So I don't know what I, I don't know what I am. You're... I don't have an abbreviation. Yeah. I don't know. You 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 do. You just have to find it. Yeah, I'll figure it out. Maybe by the end of this podcast, I'll have. You'll my have own one. Think about it. <laughs> so, uh, did you go to college? I went to college. I went to New York University. Wow. Represent. Go Violets. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I moved to New York when I was eighteen. Yeah. I so left. What the fuck was that? I like? flew the coop. Um, I mean, I wanted to. I wanted to be in the arts. Mm-hmm. I was. I was obsessed with theater and movies and acting and writing and I wanted to um, be on stage in some capacity but I, I also kind of fell in love with filmmaking when I was in high school I took like a, a filmmaking class and I was like oh I think I'm good at this and um, but I but I was pretty unsure so I applied to Gallatin which is the individualized major program at NYU I've heard of it it's cool it's like they let you they let you kind of build your own major so you can take political science classes and you can take psychology classes and but you can take a theater class and you could take you could kind of dip your toes into each every one of the sub majors cool um and i did that for a semester and and then met tish film people and i was like why am i not in that i gotta do that so i did an internal transfer um and then did was at tish for my final three years as a film and television major as i know you were as well at bu right that is correct (laughs) so do you know maria rushi uh, it doesn't ring a bell. Okay, well, she was BU. Okay. She's actually Cuban as well. Oh, cool. Um, I'm so glad that happened on the podcast. Yeah, so, hey, Maria, <laughs> if you're listening. Um, so, 
So so you're making movies. Making you're at movies. NYU. Yeah. Um, what are your classmates like? What is your new circle like when you're in New York? Are the demos changing? Or do you find yeah. yourself still like trying to be Brazilian or kind of just trying to do your thing? I was definitely trying to be Brazilian. I found the Brazilian club um, my freshman year. Hell yeah. Um, joined that. Met other Brazilians. Was so excited about it. And I actually met Brazilians from Brazil. They weren't like American Brazilians. They were Brazilians that... Benefit of being in New York City. Yeah, they came to New York to go to NYU and they were from Sao Paulo and they were from Rio. Mm. And I was like, oh, this is awesome. Like, I can be friends with real Brazilians that are my age and are in class with me. And yeah. I actually took um, Portuguese, like, reading and writing class in the language department. Cool. Which was hard as fuck because yeah. most of the people in that class were, were, were Brazilian and could read a book and be like, yeah, that's my first language. I can read this. And I was like, it took me forever to get through books because I was like, what are they talking Cannot about? Cannot tell you how much I empathize with <laughs> really? you. Really? Cannot tell you how Have much. you taken, like, Spanish class I took a couple writing. Spanish classes in high school yeah. um, and even then because my Spanish was really shaped my Spanish is better now yeah. than it was in high school uh, and even I my first class like the teacher actively hated me because she could tell I was a native speaker and she was like why are you here you're gonna ace everything but yeah. then I took a couple more classes and it started getting really hard yeah, the uh, reading writing are you good at subjective no. <laughs> Brazilians aren't even, I mean, Spanish, like people that speak Spanish aren't even good at subjunctive. Yeah. But I remember being like, this shit's hard. Yeah. No way. And like having to read and write was like a whole new thing. Yeah. And it's hard to, when you're in, a, especially like richer communities. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when you're in an American community, it's hard to immerse yourself uh, in a way that'll get your language skills back up. Like, yeah. I'm sure when you went to Brazil for a summer, it came back. Oh, it comes back. It yeah. still comes and back. What, yeah, and when I go to Peru, it's, even if it's just for a week, it comes back more. But I, it's hard to, like, find that kind of immersion here. Yeah. It's hard. And, and so I really latched onto those people because I was like, this is exciting. Like, I can connect with this side of me again. But I think the, the majority of my friends were were American. But I, rem- but I remember that, like, at a certain point, like, being telling people that you're Brazilian was like I was like people thought it was amazing like people yeah. <laughs> I was the the coolest person ever I was I would brag about it yeah because it just became this thing that separated me a little bit. Did you find it? Because uh, I'm you're you know you're an undergrad film student at this yeah. point you're sort of trying to figure out maybe even what department you want to be in whether it's mm-hmm. directing or writing. Did mm-hmm. you find uh, what kind of lane did you find yourself falling into? Um, I really liked my writing classes. Um, and I really liked the performance classes. So we had a lot of like perform, like acting for film majors and like performance strategies and directing classes. Like I fell in love with that. Um, I found myself on set a lot on like my friend's sets as like a, as like a producer and assistant director, which is how we met. I was Mm -hmm. assistant directing. Um, and I just liked being on set. Um, I thought it was fun and cool and interesting and I liked seeing the process and I liked that my job had to do with being in charge of all the other jobs so that I could kind of meet everybody. And I'm, I'm very social, so I like to learn everyone's names and observe uh-huh. what everyone was doing. But in terms of my own career, um, I think it was like my junior year when I realized that I could write about stuff that was super personal and then like people would respond to it. Oh, and, cool. And I, I always say like the best thing that I learned at NYU at, at film school was that um, I had a voice and that it was important and that I could talk about what I wanted to talk about and I didn't there was no pressure to make like the best like big action movie but yeah. if you just told a story that was honest and that's amazing so uh, when around when does that turning point happen and how does your work change 
So um, it happened when I was maybe 20 or 21. And this is like slightly off topic, but it's kind of when I started going through a little sexuality crisis. Okay. Um, and, and I don't know if this goes hand in hand with, with my racial identity, but it's certainly another layer to it. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I started kind of exploring other options, I guess you could say. <laughs> um, and I, but I, I found it, I found, I, I mean, long story short, I started having feelings for a person who wasn't a man and I was like, what the fuck is going on? And I used, uh, I used my screenwriting classes to figure it out. That's and amazing. that's where I wrote my thesis film, um, Stevie, steviethefilm.com. Um, <laughs> nice plug. Good plug. Uh, thank you. Um, it's on Amazon. Uh, I, I wrote my thesis film in my junior year writing class as I was going through this. I was like going through, um, I don't know, I was trying to define who I was and what yeah. and how I felt about people. That's and heavy. So are you, ke- are you keeping, heavy. are you keeping your parents out of the loop <clears throat> at this point? Um, yeah, I, I, I was keeping my parents out of the loop keeping a lot of people out of the loop and yeah. I was really kind kind of writing this character as a very detached version of myself uh-huh. Stevie so my dad's name is Steve uh-huh. and Stevie was like exploring the masculine like <clears throat> tomboy sides of myself okay um, but it, but it ultimately became about me f- trying to f- feel comfortable with the fact that like I still was attracted to men but also was starting to be attracted to women and like yeah. that that was okay and that I I didn't have to put like a label on it and um, it took a few years after that to, to, to get yeah. super comfortable with it but did you ever find yourself getting hung up on because the Lord knows South Americans are not necessarily the friendliest yeah, to the no, LGBT community they're not was that running through your head at the time 100% I I still don't won't show that to my um, Brazilian family wow um, I think one of them has seen it um, and I was scared to show my mom and even when I showed my mom, um, my parents, I think they kind of like avoided mm. talking about it. They were like, we like the movie. Yeah, it's good. We like the music. Yeah. <laughs> my dad said he liked the music, <laughs> which is hilarious to me. He was like, I Don't love Don't you the love music. that when you work so hard on a thing and someone you yeah. really care about is like, the lights were amazing. <laughs> like, oh my God. No, that's not what I wanted you to say. But somehow it was what I wanted him to say because I, I still, I feel like we've succeeded in avoiding the topic for a while. Yeah. Um, but so art school, interestingly, like informed who I am because it, it forced me to like start writing things that I wanted to, that I was like unsure about. Like all my yeah. teachers were like, write, write what you know, write what's going on with you. Yeah. And I was like, well, <laughs> this is what's going on with me. And I ended up writing the short that I was so proud of. And I ended up shooting it my, my senior year for my thesis film. And it did very, very well on the LGBTQ um, film festival circuit. I, I directed it, I wrote it, and I was in it. That's amazing. So I, I started in it. Um, and that's, when I did that, when I did that film, I was like, this is what I want my career to be. That's awesome. Uh, and it was, it did really well on the festival circuit, especially on the LGBTQ scene. I, I traveled a bunch with it. I went to Miami, I went to Toronto. Um, it played in Rio. Hell yeah. yeah which did I you didn't, go? No, I didn't go, oh. but it played in Rio. It played... Um, yeah, I played. I played in a lot of different places, and but it was um, it was all in English. I'm yeah, assuming. Yeah, it's in English. Cool. I had to. Oh no, it played at the Madrid Lesbian Gay Lesbian and Gay Film Festival in Madrid, and I had to write out a dialogue list for them so that they can translate into Spanish. That's so awesome. awesome. It's That's awesome. so cool. So you've written movies that have been <laughs> shown internationally and translated into other languages. Yeah. That's so cool. And now it's on Amazon. It got bought. Um, 
I, I get so hype every time I hear of another mixed person uh, making something about themselves. Yeah, uh, and not like about my race com- at yes. all. Yes, at uh, all. Is that is that something you think about? Because we're uh, times are changing a little yeah. bit now, and representation is sort of at the forefront of everybody's head. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of still a lot of stuff being made where the person's uh, racial background is the movie. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about that? Yeah, I I think about it all the time. Um, and, and this goes back to the white passing thing, which we haven't really talked about a lot. Um, but I feel like I kind of get this weird pass where I don't have to feel like I have to like talk about that stuff because no one's going to ask me about it. Yeah. And me even more than you, the thing that sucks about, um, I, that I hope we can get better is that I feel like if you're a black person or like a really like Latin passing person making movies about stuff, like of course they're going to get asked about that. Yeah. And of course they're going to get put into like, Oh, this is a black movie or this is a movie about a Mexican immigrant or this is about this. But like when I made Stevie, I don't think a question of my race came up one time. Wow. Um, and I, I mean, why would it if they're like, that's another white girl making a movie? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course. Like, so is that the kind of stuff you want to continue making? Yeah. So I have a feature that I was just talking to you about. I, I wrote a feature, um, which is about a young woman who's struggling with, with some intimacy issues who ends up kind of befriending this other woman who is uh, single but pregnant mm-hmm. and the friendship that the, the, the two of them form. And it's about female intimacy and female friendship and um it's kind of like a it has like rom-com vibes but isn't necessarily like a rom-com um and i made sure that the character was was brazilian oh like really? a brazilian american so like we meet her her parents at one at one point and her mom's brazilian which i was i was like i just have to throw in this for fun why not but uh my next project which i haven't really started a lot on but i've i've kind of been brainstorming I want to tell the story of how my parents met, but through, through the lens of like Brazilian music. So Brazilian music is super important to me. I love it. Oh, it's um, and it's how the best. it's the best, right? I'm obsessed with. Uh, I'm gonna fuck up the pronunciation, <laughs> yeah. but Seu Jorge. Seu Jorge. Yeah. Oh, so God. you've seen City of God, then? Yes. Um, that's. I feel like that's how most people know him. Yeah, oh no, I just. Uh, well, like I said, my best friend from home is Brazilian, is Brazilian. so I would just go over there and listen. Seu Jorge and Os Mutantes. Have you heard of them? No, they're, I'm writing it down. They're big in in America. Spell it. O S. Uh huh. M- mutants with an E S at the end. Love it. Mutantes. Um, and, but they met through the samba carnival music Yeah. and the music when my, my mom was growing up in Brazil and the music that my dad was playing, it was, is so, it's so, um, representative of, of the country itself. And I, I am absolutely in love with it. So I have this dream to make this film that kind of, I don't want to call it jukebox musical cause that sounds really cheesy, <laughs> but like that kind of tells their story, but through the lens of the music that, and what was going on in Brazil at the time. Oh, I think that's um, awesome. And I, again, it's like, it's my identity. It's like telling a story of the American side and what my dad was going through um, in the 70s and 80s and what my mom was going through in Brazil in the 60s, 70s, and 80s um, where there's a lot of political unrest in, yeah. that, in the country. I mean, it was a, they were living under a dictatorship when my mom was a kid. Yeah. Um, and so I have this dream to make this like epic Brazilian-American uh, co-production. I think that's so cool. Yeah, so we'll if see you, what happens. If you told, uh, if you could like... Uh, time travel to like 
12 year old Chloe and tell her that idea what do you think she would say she'd be like what why are you making movies (laughs) she'd be like you want to be she was like you want to be a soccer player like that's what you want to (laughs) do oh that's so well because my hero is like Mia Hamm and Ronaldo and like Pele and Zico like all those guys I have the same birthday as Pele you do? October 23rd no way yeah Oh man, Pele was my guy, and and I was also like super into the Brazilian soccer team when we won the the Panta Campeão, which mm. is the five time World World Cup champions. Yeah, do you still um, follow? Yes. Yeah. Uh, I was at the World Cup in 2016. What? Yes, baby. Oh, fuck you. I know. I didn't see Brazil play, but I saw um, Argentina play. I saw Messi from far away. Wow. I saw Portugal play. I saw Ghana play. Hey, Peru's in the World Cup this year for the first time in 34 I, yeah, years. Yeah, that's so exciting. I was actually just reading about that. My abuela is. So excited. Oh my god, are you are you guys big soccer fans? I'm not the biggest <laughs> soccer fan in the world. I like it, but now this summer I'm really gonna find Yeah, like get it. into it. Yeah. It's gonna uh, be so I mean fun. regardless of how well they actually do, I'm gonna be a total nutcase yeah about it. yeah did you buy your you have a little, your I, little jersey i have a good jersey somewhere in this yeah. room right now <laughs> i know my closet has like i had to throw away some brazil like swag because there's so much of it i used to have a brazil jersey you did that jersey's the best which one the nine, yellow nine one? or ten uh i think <laughs> i had a I, I was little i had like a ronaldinho jersey i don't oh. remember what number he was who ronaldinho oh ronaldinho 11 11? Yeah. Cool. Uh, well, he was 11 for a long time, but yeah. Um, yeah, I was a big, big, big soccer fan. And I played soccer, and I was good, but I... Do you still play at all? Uh, no. <laughs> I wish I did. Yeah. Um, but the theater and the and the movies and stuff took over. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's important to... I mean, I've found kind of my niche, what I'm good at, t- what I'm good at, t- at talking about in yeah. terms of, of films, and I think it, the closer it is to my own personal life, like, the easier and better... It is, and so this was an idea that I had a last year or sometime, and I was like, I think it would be really fun and smart to to do this story because I feel like Brazil isn't that, and and Peru too isn't mm-hmm. South American general isn't that prevalent in American mainstream culture. Not like, at all. They all think we're Mexican. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but you're not. No. Oh. Uh, Sometimes I tell people I'm Mexican just to fuck with them. I'm like what? I still I also get even people who I know well and I some I feel like I'm I have to be annoying about it. Yeah. Even people that I've known for a long time they're like, "Oh yeah, you're Spanish." I'm like, "You Spanish. realize Spanish is not a catch-all term. Like, you can't just call everyone Spanish." You're Spanish. Yeah. <laughs> you're not from Spain. Yeah. No. Oh, here's another interesting thing. So, do you when you had to like take tests and stuff and uh-huh. they ask or like at the doctor's office they ask you like like choose your race oh yeah it says, oh on, like, on lots of things on at auditions on sag yeah. sign-in sheets you check off your, your what race. do you check i i check lh which is uh latino hispanic and it took me a long time to get to a point where i felt comfortable yeah doing that. do you check both caucasian and latino hispanic uh no i just checked check the latin that one. one and i i registered as a latin voter interesting too. so i i always check both but for a long time they were saying so i'm not his i'm not hispanic because, because Brazilians Brazil, yeah. aren't Hispanic. Yeah. But I am Latin. Right. But I I sometimes they wouldn't have they wouldn't have Latin as an option. They'd just have Hispanic. So they'd say so there wasn't an option for, yeah. for Brazilian at yeah. all on those lists. And sometimes they'd say two or more races, but not Hispanic or Latino. There's a whole I there's so much complexity to the way like the census categorizes yeah. us. What do I check? I just don't know. Like yeah. still today I always hesitate at that part because I'm that, like, 
which there, you're only the second person I've recorded this podcast with, but yeah. I, I feel like there should be a segment on it called What Do You Check? <laughs> <laughs> what Do You Check? <laughs> what Do You Check on the forums that ask you what you are? It's strange. And I... I've I think I've just started checking both. Like I, mm. I I check Caucasian and and. Did you used to only check Caucasian? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I did. So what what changed for you? I think. I don't know. I think I was like I gotta, I gotta be connected to that side of me. Like it's it was it's incredibly important to me to yeah. to to be. Um, connected to that. Yeah, and I mean, I, I saw, like, you kind of, like, your body language was like, this is an obvious answer. <laughs> but for the people that I hope will listen to yeah. it, it's not really, and people no. don't really, like, we we have to make, especially for those of us that are white passing, like, that's a burden. Yeah. It's not a burden, it's a privilege. Right. But uh, for us, it's like, we have to make that a conscious decision. Yes. it could so easily just float away. Do you know how many people I know, so, my like, my mom's Brazilian friends who have kids that don't have a relationship with their Brazilian culture. You know yeah. how, how sad that makes me for them? Like yeah. they don't speak Portuguese or they don't, they've never been to Brazil or the parents don't want them to, to speak Portuguese. Uh-huh. They never spoke to them in Portuguese. They only yeah. spoke to them in English. I'm like, do you know how much you're missing out on by yeah. not like completely absorbing yourself into that culture as much as you possibly can? Mm. Um, Cause for me it's, it, it defines so much, I think, of who I am, and uh, I wouldn't have it, have it any other way. And, um, and yeah. That's great. Are you going to cry? Kind of. <laughs> maybe might. a little bit. Um, uh, all right. Yeah. So we did, we did early years. We did high school. We did college. So now you're out, college, of, college. out of college. You're a working artist in the city. Trying to be, yeah. Uh, uh, I love that the projects you're working on are more informed by you and your heritage and who you are. Yeah. Um, what about uh, day job stuff or stuff that you're working on with other people? Like kind of yeah. reconciling who you are and like the comfort you found with your mixed identity. Yeah. And dealing with other people who are making stuff in this city because everybody's making stuff yeah. in the city. Everyone's making stuff in the city. <laughs> I try <laughs> I try to I try to be a part of it as much as I can. Um but like you said, like sometimes you have to, I mean I have to make money, you know. Yeah. Um I have a job, I have a few jobs that are very um alone, if that makes sense. Like my my jobs are are usually I'm, I'm usually by myself when I'm working them. Uh-huh. Um, it's like a lot of like working from home stuff. Yeah, uh, some working from home, but also like all I'm a, I do videography, like freelance videography, oh, right. and I okay. will be the only person there, like yeah. with my camera. Or, but my main job is at NYU um, as a like media services tech. Okay. Um, for the law school, and that's like a lot of helping professors with PowerPoint presentations and mm. setting up microphones for mm-hmm. a conference and filming stuff. And a lot of that that time I I spend by myself. Um, but. I mean, if I'm on set, so I work as an AD and as a, a producer sometimes on shorts and commercials and stuff like yeah. that. Um, and a lot of those times on set, if I if I find other people that are, I, I'm I'm just always looking for the person who has me too, who, who's like from a different country. Me too. Well, that's or, literally that's exactly how we, how we met. Yeah. we were on set together. Yeah. Uh, I don't remember how the conversation started. Me neither. But I feel like I was probably doing my usual thing of like I'm Peruvian, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Does everyone I think know? I, well, on that particular set, there was a Portu- There was someone from Portugal. Oh, right. I remember. She was the Inez. first AC. Yeah, right? the first AC. And her name, her name is Inez, I think. And um, 
someone was like Inez and she like responded and then like said something to herself in Portuguese and I was like oh my god Inez like you're Portuguese I'm Brazilian like it it made me so excited and then I just like talked to her in Portuguese for the rest of the set because I'm assuming majority of sets you don't find that person no never but I do like when people are finding out if people have like dual citizenship or if they have like a multi-ethnic background or I I really like talking to those people because Um, clearly you made a podcast of it. <laughs> um, but I wish I, I don't know. I wish I, I wish that stuff played into my choices a little bit more. I, I think I just so. kind of like, I don't know, like you meant you, your question was how my relationship with my heritage, like affects my yeah. My daily the answer work. Could, the answer could just be like, <laughs> like not it, really it, not really that's a fair answer yeah and I think that is another privilege I guess if you want to call it that of of blending into New York as like a, another white artist mm-hmm. is like some that stuff sometimes just doesn't come up yeah um, it usually doesn't come up do you get that uh, do you ever get that like guilt that's like uh, why am I why am I not being that, mm-hmm. more of that person I guess so and I, and I also think. Like, your name is also super white. Yeah. It's Adrian Burke, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my name's Chloe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, you would never... Like, my parents were like... Oh, my sister's name is Luana. Luana is such a Brazilian name. Mm-hmm. My name is Chloe, which is... Not even my family in Brazil say my name, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, they do, but they say it in, like, a special Brazilian yeah. way. I mean, technically, my name is uh, Adrian. Adrian. That, like, that's what my mom and my sister What's call me. What's your middle me. name? Uh... Also incredibly white, arguably whiter than the other two <laughs> names. It's Pierce. Pierce. Because the other side of my family are Irish. Uh, oh. So I got all the Irish, not only all the Irish names. Well, Adrian is borderline. Yeah. Uh, but I got the Irish names and I got the Irish face. Yes. But now that I'm looking at you, I'm like, if I saw you on the street, like wearing like a, like a, like a Real Madrid shirt, I'd be like, that guy's Latino. Yeah. <laughs> like- <laughs> well, I also, yeah, I, I feel like I need to wear more, uh, bright colors. I don't know why Real Madrid, but whatever. <laughs> whatever. Uh, like I, I wear like a lot of like dark blue, black, that kind of stuff, yeah. and I'm trying to wear more red, because uh, I think... feel like I look a little more South American. <laughs> That's funny. I never really thought about that. I just wait to the summer because then I get tan again. And I then, don't. Really? I don't. You have the Irish yeah, skin. Yeah, it sucks. It yeah. really sucks. But anyway, my name is, yeah, my name's Chloe, and my last name's Jury Fogel, which just confuses people, because mm-hmm. Judy... Uh, it's J-U-R-Y, Judy. Wow. Um, it's a Brazilian. Do you correct people on that no. or you just let it happen? I mean, in, we just call it, I say Jerry Fogel. Yeah. Um, Fogel is obviously my dad, Jewish side, but my middle name is Joana. Ah. So jo- my mom, my grandmother, my mom's mom is Maria Joana. Mm. Soups Catholic. Yeah. After Joan of Arc, St. Joan. And um, so I'm Chloe Joana. And, but I think... Chloe Joan is really nice. <laughs> you, th- you think? I think so. Oh, thanks. My, my dad apparently wanted to name me uh, Hannibal, or in Spanish it's Aníbal, <gasps> which I kind of would have loved, Aníbal. but my mom was like, no, 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 everyone's going to think he's a cannibal, because <laughs> like Silence of the Lambs <laughs> had just come out. Yes. I definitely wouldn't have thought that, too. Um, Chloe Joana, yeah. So uh, in, in Brazil, my family calls me Chloe Joana because, well, it's, we think it's just funny to call people by their first two names. Yeah. Like, um, but I think it, it sounds just more Brazilian, mm. but, but if I'm like on set or if you see my name on like on a call sheet or whatever, you just don't think to ask yeah. about it because yeah. if my name was like 
Giselle, like, <laughs> or if my name was like Wilza, which is my mom's name, uh, people would be like, "Where are you from?" Yeah, what's your deal? But if, but my name's Chloe. If they see like Chloe and they see Fogel, they're just like, "Oh, that's yeah." That's it's a I... it's an interesting thing, especially for those of us who are a little more white passing. Yeah, as uh, something that all people of color constantly have to deal with yeah. is the "What are you?" What are you question? And I never get "What are you?" Never. And I, I kind of want to get it. <laughs> you know <laughs> Me what too. I mean? And also, I ask people that sometimes, and I'm like, I'm being that person that's asking, and people are like a little offended at first that I'm asking them that, and I'm like, no, I want to know because I also am yeah. something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I really want to know. Um, especially when I meet people of Latin descent, because I always want to know, like, if they're Puerto Rican or Dominican mm-hmm. or or Peruvian or Mexican, because I, I like talking about the differences between those places. And um, and I'm a big fan of Latin people, so it's like, I'm a big fan of Latin people. That <laughs> should too. be the quote you pull from this. <laughs> That'll be, I'll put that at the head, yeah. and then I'll cut to the rest of the episode. <laughs> Chloe Drew Fogel is a big fan of Latin people. <laughs> Let's listen. Um, so, yeah, I... The what are you is always a little bit strange. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I don't really get asked it that much. Mm. Um, I think the last, the hyphenated last name is usually what confuses people. Yeah. Um, but I think they aren't suspecting the Brazil thing. Unless I say Judy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I, and I think if my name was like Silva or like... If it was Silva, I'd or get like Fajeda, or like something like super Brazilian like that, yeah. Then, um, then maybe it would make sense. But but Judy's pretty uncommon. Mm-hmm. Um, do you ever? I mean, do you? Because the first AD is typically like the talker on the set, yeah. or the person who's kind of yelling at everybody. Yeah. So do you ever introduce yourself like, "Hi, I'm Chloe Judy Fogel"? <laughs> no, I never say it because <laughs> it's like weird. You have to like you have to like fall into your Brazilian like. Portu- I've fought like my Portuguese yeah. in the middle of like. Do you feel like you have an American accent when I speak Portuguese? Yeah, I think I do. I know a lot of people that. I mean, I think I sometimes do, sometimes not. I know I have a bunch of cousins who say I don't, and I have some cousins who they, who say mm-hmm. I do. So <clears throat> I have a friend who um, works in voiceover, and she sends me like auditions for Brazilian awesome. like, Portuguese voiceover work. Yeah. Um, and I'll record myself and it's really hard. Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, well, like, like fumbling over my words. I go in for Spanish stuff sometimes and I feel like, do I even speak Spanish? Like I sound like a gringo. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. I went to one audition. Oh, this is good. I went to one audition once where I had to go in person and the, they had sides in Portuguese and sides in English. Uh-huh. And so I did the sides in Portuguese first. And then he was like, all right, go ahead and do the, the English sides. So I did. And then he's like, stopped me halfway through. And he was like, um, sorry, this is supposed to be with a, with a Brazilian accent. Oh my God. Sorry, I yeah. Yeah, um, he was like, I was like, Oh, I don't have a Brazilian accent. Like this is my English. And he was like, can you do it with a Brazilian accent? Uh. And I was like, I guess, like, and so I just, like, basically imitated my mom. I was going to say, does like, your mom still have an accent? <laughs> yeah, she does. Yeah. So, I mean, it's very minimal, but, like, I I imitated my mom and, like, did the sides in English. Yeah. But, like, I was like, oh, they wanted someone who was, like, super Brazilian. Yeah. And, like, nobody, nobody, yeah. our, what we are isn't marketable. No, yet. not at all. The things that are marketable, marketable are being white, which mm-hmm. has always been marketable, and now being one other thing. Being ethnically ambiguous yeah. or being Latin. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're so right. It's not yeah. like a... Nobody wants somebody who can walk in both worlds no. yet. yet. Why? Yeah. Yeah. It's like, like if you want to fulfill like a, a, a diversity quotient, like you're going to want somebody that yeah. 
They're not looking for us. No. For that. No way. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm also like, even if you use like the queer thing for me, like I'm also just mm. very straight passing, quote yeah. unquote, straight passing. Uh-huh. Um, so even though I am kind of a minority in a, in a couple senses, you wouldn't know that until you talk to me. Right. Um, so that's. Yeah. Whole... We're, in, we're in a weird kind of like purgatory that yeah. way. Yeah. And sometimes I think it's great because you don't, you're, you can just hide behind it. And sometimes it's like kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about it? I feel pretty much exactly the same way. I, I constantly remind myself that it's a privilege because it is. Yeah. Um, but man, sometimes it really feels like a, like a disadvantage. Yeah. Because so, of that uh, diversity quota um, yeah. kind of new marketability of being uh, of another race, mm-hmm. uh, I sometimes feel that like if I was darker or yeah. if my last name was not this. Yeah. Um, uh, like Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. <laughs> the more, the is most, Cameron Diaz Latin? I She's not, no right? I have no idea. I she, think her dad's like Cuban or something like that. This is why we have Live Google. Google. If my internet even works in this janky ass. Well, what I was gonna ask you while you're doing that is, you both of us live uptown. Mm-hmm. You live in you live like real in the heights. I live real in the heights. I live in Hamilton Heights, which is like white in the heights, kind of. Yeah. Um, it's a lot of it's like a lot of Dominicans, um, but yeah, I mean up here, up here it's mostly Dominican and Puerto Rican. Yeah. So how do you? feel like you walk through the streets up here. Uh, I'm a white person yeah. when I'm up here. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes when I'm feeling a little uh, braver at the corner store, I'll speak Spanish yeah. to the person and they'll give me that look of like, congratulations, you took AP Spanish <laughs> in high school, you have piece of shit. Same exact experience. <laughs> Although sometimes they think it's cute. <laughs> Occasionally, I'll get the like, oh, okay, yeah. and that's everything I dream of. Yeah, but of most of the time, it's like, all right. Or they'll be you like, have an accent, get the fuck out of here. <laughs> yeah. Or they'll be like, oh, I'm a Spanish mommy. And I'm like, oh, <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, 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 that's not. No, 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 no. That's not what I wanted. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm a male, so <laughs> yeah. I, I don't get that shit. You don't get poppy a lot? Fortunately, I do not. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, Cameron Diaz is straight up white. Straight up white. Straight up white. <laughs> Cameron Diaz. Um, you heard it here, everyone. Ev- Cameron Diaz, straight up white. Straight up white. <laughs> uh, cool. Uh, is there anything you want to plug since you snuck that plug in earlier? Did I snuck a plug? Oh, I snuck a plug in for for your Stevie. thesis film. Well, that you can just go to my website, ChloeDrewFogel.com. I am in the process of trying to get my feature funded. So if you have between three hundred thousand and one million dollars, <laughs> <laughs> you can call me. Um, my number is no, I'm not gonna say my number. Um, yeah, I, it's that's a, that's a whole thing. Like just trying to get money for a project. Yeah. And like there are podcasts on that. There's no formula, and no. it's it's so like it's so out of my control. And some aspects are, but there's only so much I can do. Yeah. At, at this moment. Especially um, for something as big as a feature. Yeah, it's huge. And I have all the elements kind of in place. Like, I could crew up tomorrow if I wanted to, yeah. but I, there's no point in doing it until I, I have the money. Um, so that's kind of my big big thing that I'm working on now. But I, um, as a director, I was talking to somebody about this recently. Like, as a director, if you add up all the hours that you've actually directed, it's like 10 hours or something like that's crazy because you know as a director you only get to direct especially as a young director you've I've only done three shorts at this point Mm -hmm. um and 
a couple things in school, but like I always want to get more practice at that because yeah. you're doing all this stuff until the first day of set and then it's like, okay, go. And then you're directing again, but yeah. you're like, it's, it's literally been like, if I direct this thing in October, it will have been like two years since I, since you actually, actually like, directed. did it. Yeah. So, Hey, all those, <laughs> you know, comedy people who yeah. we know who, yeah. who wrote their short yeah. and really want to make it happen. You have a director here yes. who wants to do it. For yes. You. Oh, we didn't really talk about comedy, but we're both UCBers ish, right? Are you ish, a beer? Ish. Yeah, I took classes there. I don't yeah. really. I don't really. I'm on a musical. I don't really hang around there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got got a cray cray. Yeah. Um. No offense to the UC beers. I love you, but um, I'm on a musical improv team called Good Catch. Oh hell yeah. Um. We perform um every month at Pitloft. Sometimes twice a month. Cool. Uh, our next show is on April 19th. I don't know if this is going to be out before then. Definitely not. Cool. May 25th. <laughs> May 25th is when we'll be uh, <laughs> is our next show. But yeah, I'm trying to get on stage as much as possible and. Um, trying to be, you know, trying to be in the arts scene as much as I can. Um, Hell yeah. But I don't know if I have anything really to plug. You literally just that. plugged like I plugged four Good Catch. <laughs> 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 I wish I had like a play that you could come see me in, but maybe I'll do like a one man show. <laughs> you want to do like a two person show about our being, um, what do we call ourselves? Uh, White. White Cop- Sudamericanos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's do it too. Everyone, look out for White Sudamericanos <laughs> at um, at Signature Theater. Yeah, we'll think of a better title than that. <laughs> uh, Chloe, thank you so much for coming. Thanks, Adrian. This is was a very good idea, and I am a fan Great. of Great. yours and this podcast. <laughs> thank you. We'll see if anyone listens. Listen to us. High five. And that's it for episode two of La Mescla. Thank you so much to you for listening to this. Uh, It's crazy to me that people are listening to this, so thank you. Uh, If you like the show, please subscribe to it on iTunes and give it a five-star rating or a one-star rating and write a shitty review. Honestly, I would love it if somebody wrote like a really shitty review of this. I would laugh very hard. Uh, um, uh, but yeah, do all that stuff. Uh, visual art is by Esther Burke. Um, the song that you're hearing is Come With Me by Mateo Sounds off of his EP Eight Hours to Brazil. Please go buy it on iTunes. You know, support multicultural artists. Uh, and uh, I'm Adrian Burke. We'll see you next week. It like this.